Hi everyone, Paul from the Innovation Community here. Today I'm with Charlie Boyle, who's the former Chief Data Scientist at Honeywell Industrial, where he was responsible for leading directors of talented analytics teams, and he's now helping other companies do the same. Great to have you with us. Good to meet you, and uh, thanks for the time today, Paul. Yeah, likewise. Tell us a bit about yourself in a few words to start with. So, Paul, I've been in uh, advanced analytics and data science for going on about 24 years now. Uh, started my career in more systems analytics um, at a company called Reuters Information Technology. Worked in their uh, foreign exchange uh, trading uh, sector. And it was there that uh, I got first introduced to computer programming. Uh, and the the analytics uh, sector of the business. Awesome. So, where did your data career really start? It started there, um, you know, at Reuters, where it was the first introduction that I had into uh, computer programming, learning SQL, writing queries, uh, really taking a look at data and, and the power that, that data could provide, you know, to, to drive insights into the business. Um, it was a help desk type of a role, but still very focused around, you know, driving benefit for, for the organization. And, uh, you know, I just fell in love with, you know, trying to leverage data and, and, and derive insights from data. So pretty big uh, career step from, from then and now. What really changed <laughs> about that process? Well, I think, you know, in, in terms of, you know, my maturity and, and evolution, uh, you know, I had uh, an opportunity to uh, take, uh, take on a few different interesting roles in the financial services uh, space uh, following that particular uh, that particular role uh, at Reuters and particularly focused around, I guess, financial driven analytics. So uh, spent some time with uh, Compact Financial Services prior to the HP acquisition, um, really you know, focused on uh, deriving residual risk and, and kind of understanding the dynamics associated with assets uh, like computer servers, uh, PCs, um, laptops, you know, understanding the depreciating value, understanding, you know, how to set up a, a lease contract and, and really deriving, uh, you know, what that, what that future forecast of the net asset value would be at the end of the lease and, and being able to price contracts accordingly. Um, it really, again, kind of, uh, gave me an introduction into uh, more deep-seated analytics and, and you know, how, how do you can develop uh, financial models to, to drive innovation in that space. Um, between that role and then a role that I took at uh, Bank of New York uh, here in Delaware, where it was my first introduction to credit risk analytics, right? So I, I spent some time on financial risk analytics and then moved into the, the credit space and it just kind of evolved from there. Uh, you know, I started managing a team. Uh, I kind of developed the soft skills to become, you know, a leader and, and, and kind of a, a director of, uh, you know, team members or staff that, that, that work directly under my, uh, you know, under my direction and guidance and, and just kind of evolved from there. 
So what are you up to in your current role? So my current role uh, as AI client partner at Fractal is really more focused around client relationship uh, and uh, client relationship management and engagement leadership. So I, I manage a portfolio uh, of accounts uh, where, you know, that client, you know, is kind of owned by me. Um, we're constantly engaging and delivering on uh, advanced analytics initiatives, uh, different engagements where I have uh, staff either on site or offshore. Um, and my role is really to continue to facilitate, uh, you know, on high NPS uh, net promoter score with our client, making sure that there's no issues, you know, with the, the analytic delivery team, uh, trying to grow the account, obviously. Uh, and then as part of the consulting practice, uh, some part of my role is, is really driven around uh, business development. So looking to, you know, take my thought leadership and, and understanding of, of the market and going out and partnering with other prospects and trying to bring on new logos into the, uh, into the practice. So at the crux of it, had a pretty diverse career so far. What, what really has kept you working with data this whole time? You know what? Um, <laughs> growing up, I was just really good at math and the opportunity to kind of leverage that. I always knew that I would be, do something in the quantitative space, you know, growing up. Um, you know, and for me, it's, it's more about, you know, how do we leverage mathematics to solve business problems, enable better business decisions and, and drive value for, for an organization. Um, you know, whether that's at the people process data or technology level, that's, that's really been, you know, kind of the, the crux of my entire career. Um, you know, whether it's been building teams and establishing centers of excellence in, in the data science space, whether it's, you know, inheriting a, a team that's, you know, kind of focused on some type of product innovation, um, you know, or, you know, fr from the early part of my career, you know, really evolving, uh, you know, young, talented data scientists, uh, helping them mature and, and really focused on driving value. Because between you and me, uh, the, the data scientists of today that come out of academia, there's a lot of focus around uh, experimentation, iteration. Um, I don't know that they understand there's a commercial position right that's that's focused on uh you know making money right i mean this is a it's, it's a capitalist society you know we're not here to just uh, experiment and and spend 12 months on a particular project what you know what we really need to do is be agile and and lean and go after uh you know developing analytic solutions and, and bringing them to market very quickly so speaking of that, then, what would you describe as some of the major successes that you've achieved over your career? I think the, the, the biggest uh, success that I've had throughout my career is that I've been able to build several different data science centers of excellence um, at some pretty major uh, organizations. So the, the first one was at Wells Fargo. You know, when I started, I was brought in to basically set up the uh, lead management uh, function in their uh, auto finance unit. And in, in addition to that, you know, so, so lead management, think marketing analytics, think development of response models, you know, how do we go after, uh, you know, existing customers? How do we go after new prospects? 
and again, at a time in uh, my career where, you know, uh, the economic climate was a little tough, people were still refinancing mortgages, refinancing car loans. Uh, so it was a, a pretty needed product in the market. Um, in addition to that, I was asked to bring on a new function called dealer analytics. And that was really uh, kind of an analytics function that was centered around trying to enable value at the dealership level. So, you know, there could be a cluster of auto dealers who, you know, had business, uh, you know, issues with driving traffic. How, you know, how do we leverage analytics to improve, uh, you know, traffic in the dealership? Um, then, you know, at Solera, Solera is an interesting uh, company because they were um, privately held organization, really focused around auto physical damage claims management software. Um, and from that was my first introduction to, you know, really being focused on not just developing the analytic solution, but really putting it into production in, you know, kind of that software development uh, phase of, of, of the product uh, evolution. And so, um, you know, for me, that was, you know, <laughs> that, that was tech beyond tech, uh, for, for lack of a better term there. Um, so that was really interesting, uh, you know, evolution on, on that role. And then obviously the, the Honeywell opportunity, uh, been working with, a, you know, a few different, uh, leaders throughout my career and, uh, you know, the, the individual who became the, the chief data and analytics officer uh, brought me on to become chief data scientist and basically do what I've done well uh, and successfully done in the past is, you know, establish this data science COE, get them to mature from, you know, really focused around descriptive analytics to now more predictive and prescriptive and put the talent in place to enable that. Uh, so building the infrastructure, putting the processes in place, the common methodologies. And so I think that's, that's probably where I hang my hat on as, as the biggest success in my career. And it sounds like you're pretty seasoned in creating these centers of excellence. What do you see as the recurring best practices and also the pitfalls that organizations make when doing, when trying to implement something like that? I think they rush on the on the recruiting, uh, you know, and the talent evaluation. I think for me, uh, I've always prided myself on always building the A team, and, and the reason why you know you have the A team is either they move on to bigger and better things, you know, right? The the individuals that you know you've gone out and and procured and, and recruited, either they leave the organization and they go on to bigger roles and, and you know develop as individuals and professionals, or there are internal teams within your organization that are trying to steal away your, you know, your team members. So that's happened throughout my career. Uh, again, kind of pride myself on that. I never take offense, you know, as a, you know, as a business partner uh, to that situation. Um, but I think when you rush the recruiting process and you, do, you, you don't have, you know, clear requirements of the role, you don't have the framework in place and, and understanding what these different roles really, you know, what purpose they're going to serve and, and how they're going to execute. Rushing that whole process is a huge mistake and a huge pitfall that folks uh, make today. And, I, and again, I understand that there are deadlines and, and there are roadmaps that we need to execute and, and hit, but I think it's just as costly to bring in the wrong talent. I mean, I, I'm not saying that I've been perfect. 
Um, but I've got a pretty good track record of, you know, kind of the talent evaluation, you know, talent development uh, skill set. I've made some mistakes and, you know, I think it's tough for me because I grew up in a different age and now, you know, we've got kind of the, the millennials and, and, and those folks coming in today. Um, they have a different mindset and, you know, I actually appreciate it for, for, you know, uh, you know, always looking for the best and the brightest and, and the next big, uh, opportunity in their career. I encourage it. What a, what a great approach that you have there. Can you tell us specifically about a time you affected change in a major organization and, and also some of the challenges that came with that? Sure. So, um, Interesting. I had a uh, <clears throat> an opportunity uh, when I spent some time at Ally Financial, um, and it was kind of a new role that was created. The, the gentleman who I had worked for uh, at Wells Fargo Auto Finance, uh, who had actually recruited me originally, he brought me into uh, Ally Financial to help him lead, help him stand up and lead what was called a, a product management analytics organization. And I was one of the founding members. Um, it was a, uh, I'll call it a crack crew of, of three very seasoned veterans. Um, so myself and, and two colleagues who have worked together in the past and, and kind of know how each other works. And basically what we were uh, set up to do was work as influencers within the ally organization to you know, leverage analytics to solve business problems in consumer products. So consumer products in Ally meant, you know, looking at the uh, auto finance leases, uh, auto finance contracts, auto lease contracts. And what they had was a kind of a hybrid product where it was, you know, a combination of, uh, you know, balloon uh, payment at the end of, uh, at the end of a lease contract uh, that didn't look like a normal consumer finance contract for, uh, you know, vehicle purchase. And so we drove, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars in value. We helped basically grow the portfolio of originations from, I don't know, 25 billion to over 125 billion in two or two and a half, three years. Um, but the, the biggest challenge uh, about that, opportunity in that role was we didn't have any staff, right? I, I didn't have a data scientist that I could go. I either had to do it myself, right? Write, the own, write my own code or influence other parts of the organization to make that a priority and, and really build the business case for them to see the value that would come from doing, you know, engaging in that activity. Um, so I think for, for me, that was a, a major change in the way Ally as an organization engaged. I mean, highly analytical organization at the time, and this is going back, you know, probably 10 years, but focused at, you know, driving portfolio growth and, and, and uh, you know, I think most of the analytics that they engaged in was really centered around managing risk. Uh, but not looking at growth drivers, not looking at uh, prospect opportunities and, and new clients. I mean, I had a great relationship with General Motors, but, you know, we went out and procured other relationships with Highline automobile manufacturers like Aston Martin, Mercedes, Porsche. I mean, it was, it was really impactful to the organization. 
Interesting stuff. So you, you mentioned that in that particular case, it was just you doing all the handiwork and now obviously moved on to greener pastures. Uh, how would you describe your leadership style when, when engaging and communicating with your team members? I think my uh, leadership style is very collaborative. Um, I'd like to sit down with my team, uh, you know, kind of analyze and dissect the problem with them, uh, kind of walk them through any issues that they have, you know, it, it's obviously a situation where, you know, I'm, I'm always available and now given uh, COVID-19, I'm kind of on lockdown so they can get me all hours of the night and, you know, the, <laughs> the, uh, the nature of business hours is kind of, <laughs> it's thrown out the door. Um, and I don't really mind that, you know, especially if they're offshore and they're having a problem and, and, and maybe they're, they're not seasoned veterans. They're, you know, they're very relatively junior and green. Um, I enjoy those, those discussions, but um, I think that that collaboration and, and having a diverse set of ideas and, and perspectives really helps you execute all, on the requirements for, you know, an analytics engagement. Um, you know, and, and I've, you know, I, I like the idea of brainstorming and, you know, I, I wouldn't just throw something up at the wall and, and hope it sticks. Um, you know, I'm, I'm more targeted and, and focused in having a plan of attack and, you know, but, but setting the stage early in the process is, is uh, really critical for me. And what about the, the other side of the coin, you know, when you're, you have a deadline to hit and you really, or, or you might need to actually convince the senior leaders about the, the benefits. Well, you know, I think when, when you're running through a deadline, um, you know, I'm, I'm definitely not, uh, not shy about uh, being focused around de delivering the right product, right? Delivering, in, you know, uh, the appropriate output. Um, and we're in a situation when you, you have a tight deadline, you know, I think it's all hands on deck and, and I'll influence the team and, and myself, right? The, the actions that by the actions that we take to engage in, in trying to hit that deadline, but I'm not shy to, to reach out to senior leadership and, and push back and, and really build the justification for, Hey, we need another week or, you know, this isn't the right, uh, the right way to engage. Uh, we want to explore a, an alternative uh, opportunity or an alternative method. Um, and it's going to take, uh, you know, some additional time definitely not shy about that hmm. better and to be right than uh you know better to be right than uh just have something put into the to the market that may have critical flaws makes perfect sense so uh, where do you currently see the biggest opportunity for leaders in data right now and organizations for that matter <laughs> well i think um you know for for the most part one of the uh the interesting dynamics that I've seen, at least, uh, you know, from a, you know, an AI machine learning perspective is if you have the opportunity to not just engage externally, right? We always talk about data monetization, monetizing uh, analytics in the marketplace, you know, build it once and sell it multiple times. I think too often we don't try to uh, experiment internally. Right, so what I would consider more enterprise level analytics. So maybe you have a, a pricing, uh, you know, use case. You know, why not look internal to your data, right? If, if you're uh, an organization, say like Honeywell, 
why wouldn't you go and uh, you know build a uh, you know new pricing algorithm and, and apply it to your internal uh, data sets right on on your products and, and your platform as kind of a test bed before you bring it to market uh, and kind of use it as an internal case study. So building that linkage between kind of the enterprise analytics and and kind of the external uh, data monetization, you know, product type analytics. And what do you think was the biggest mistake you made during your career? Biggest mistake? Um, that's an interesting question. I think one of the mistakes that I made early on um, in my career was not really understanding that leadership had more to do with quote unquote, the soft skills, right? That it wasn't just about uh, executing with perfection, you know, executing flawlessly, you know, delivering on your objectives, uh, exceeding your objectives. You know, uh, there, there were times in my career where, you know, uh, I just, I blew out my goals. And, you know, it was time for promotion and, you know, it, a promotion meant taking on, you know, a larger team or, or, or larger scale, uh, you know, engagement. And, uh, you know, there were a few times where that didn't happen. And, and the feedback was really centered around soft skills and, and really developing that leadership style, that, that collaborative, uh, you know, engaging uh, skill set. And, uh, you know, it took took a, a little bit of time and, you know, I kind of digested that information, that feedback and, and adjusted my, you know, my mindset accordingly and, and took some, took some leadership development classes and, uh, you know, built from it. So kind of, it's good to learn from your mistakes. Absolutely. You mentioned earlier about how it's easier to connect with people uh, due to the impact of COVID-19. How else has that affected the role? Well, I think my role in particular is is challenging because usually I'm on the road 70, 75% of the time. So being locked down in my home and not being able to travel to clients and, and being able to engage face-to-face, I think that's a challenge for a client partner. Uh, so a client partner's role is not just to you know kind of manage the relationship, but it's supposed to grow. Right. And, and how do I grow unless I, you know, I'm, I'm boots on the ground, understand how, uh, you know, the business is, is uh, being impacted, uh, you know, from the COVID-19 limitations that we have, uh, you know, where the roadmap's been readjusted or, or realigned, uh, not being able to be, you know, face to face with the client is challenging. And, and quite honestly, in addition to that, there's a lot of belt tightening going on. So sales are at a, you know, are at a low. Um, maybe it's not a low. It's a lull. Uh, I don't know that they're low, but it's definitely at a lull. Um, there are companies that are growing. Uh, ones in obviously the healthcare space. That's that's uh, that's definitely a growth center right now. But you know, other industry verticals. There's just a tremendous amount of uh, cash mongering, <laughs> you know, they're, they're holding on to the cash and they're not engaging in any innovation. <clears throat> Some of the tech companies are, are really focused around reinvesting to, to kind of help bridge this gap with all of the uh, telehealth and 
the uh, the telecommuting that's going on in, in corporate America and in addition to the virtual learning uh, in the schools. So, you know, bandwidth, you know, investing in that as well. And what is your top working from home tip? Um, have a, <clears throat> have a, uh, you know, kind of a set routine to go through quite honestly. Um, you know, I tend to get up a little bit earlier now than, than I did, um, you know, log in and, and engage, you know, keep up with the folks who are offshore, um, you know, and then really set out what, what the day looks like and, and really know that I've got a, a plan of attack each day. And um, unfortunately, some, some weeks, I, you know, I just had one last week where I felt like Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday got loaded up and Thursday and Friday were, were a little lighter, but that didn't happen because people saw opportunity to engage me on Thursday and Friday because of the open calendar. But what they didn't realize is that I probably put in 40 or 50 hours in the first three days of the week. So <laughs> it's just, it's textbook, you know, that this is histor historical times right now. I mean, like people are going to be writing about this in textbooks and, and you know, the kids of, of the future are going to learn about this. And it, it's just, it's, it's an odd time to be, uh, to be in the workplace. Yeah, very atypical and I think it will change permanently <laughs> or some, some, some ways it will, some ways it won't. What are you curious about right now? You know what? I think <clears throat> with the, this whole concept of uh, the digital transformation and AI, I, I really want to know what it looks like. And, and I'm not worried so much about the, the development of solutions and, um, you know, kind of the innovation that takes place. I'm really more curious about the governance. Uh, governance centered around the data. You know, you think about the uh, Alexa, you know, Amazon Alexa, you think about the Google Home, um, you know, the, the conspiracy theories are, you know, whether or not they're listening, you know, it's listening and evolving and, and, and kind of understanding, you know, what's transpiring inside your home. I'm more worried about the, the governance uh, centered around that data. Who owns it? Uh, do we have, you know, do we have the rights to actually build uh, analytic solutions off of that, uh, you know, artificial intelligence and uh, solutions? So that's, that's really in my mind. Uh, I'm always thinking about that and, and trying to un understand the dynamics associated with that data governance. What's the best piece of advice you ever received? The best piece of advice, I think, you know, for me, um, it's always about, uh, you know, being in, being in a leadership role, uh, you know, your employees are going to, you know, kind of mimic your actions, right? So, you know, lead by example. So that, that, that's been, you know, that's kind of been a mantra of mine that, that, that I'm always going to, you know, put in the time and, and the effort and hopefully my, uh, you know, my team members and the folks who, who report into me uh, or, or who I provide direction and guidance to, you know, will kind of feed off of that. And, and they know that I'm there for them. Uh, you know, the open door policy, they can always reach out. Um, you know, I'm always a proponent to, you know, make sure that, uh, you know, I've got a happy team and, you know, happy employees and, and where I can engage uh, to, to make their life, uh, you know, more fun and, and, and their job uh, a little bit easier and, 
really be able to execute with excellence every time. And who's currently your favorite thought leader or author, whether that's in dates or, or outside of that? You know what? There, there are a lot uh, of leaders uh, that, you know, I kind of derive <clears throat> my leadership style from. And, and quite honestly, you know, when, it, when I look to, uh, you know, Steve Jobs and, you know, kind of all of his uh, direction and guidance over innovation, uh, you know, that, that keeps me focused on, you know, putting the, my best foot forward and driving value where I can through innovation. Um, you know, but I think most of the, my favorite leadership quotes kind of come from sports and, you know, I'm a big sports guy. So, you know, Vince Lombardi is probably one of my, you know, one of my favorite, uh, favorite thought leaders and influencers. So what, what is your favorite quote then? I think my favorite quote, quite honestly, is that leaders are made and they are not born. Uh, they're made by hard effort, which is the price uh, all of us must pay to achieve any goal that is worthwhile. Um, you know, that's something, you know, that I've always kind of followed in my career. And, you know, it's, it's something that's, you know, been a focal point or a theme, you know, throughout for me. And last question, what advice would you give for aspiring leaders in data? Um, <laughs> my, my biggest piece of advice is it's not just enough to be good at, you know, the, the quantitative aspects of the job, you know, quite honestly, for me, uh, and, and one of the real uh, hard lessons that I learned uh, early on, and I've taken, you know, throughout the 24 years uh, of my career is that framing out the business problem and, and, and building those requirements on the front end are almost more important than the actual uh, analysis and, and, and the, the quantitative tools and techniques that are being applied to that data, making sure you can frame out, you're, you're actually solving a problem uh, that needs to be solved, right? You know, building something for the sake of building a sophisticated algorithm is great. If it's not, it's not, if one, if it's not able to be put into production, it's useless. Uh, two, again, if it's not being adopted and consumed in practice, again, useless. It's something that's, you know, could be sexy and, and put on the shelf and used as a, uh, you know, a focal point, but if it's not driving value, you know, it's not really being monetized. So, you know, framing up a business problem, making sure you've got your data, you know, in the appropriate, uh, you know, order and, and set up for analytic development and following a, a true methodology, uh, that's iterative in nature because you're going to, you know, historically make a few mistakes along the way, you get some bumps and bruises, but you learn from it, you, you brush yourself off, you, you know, and then you re-engage. Great advice from Charlie Boyle. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Paul. Appreciate the time.